Welcome to the AJP Heart and Cirque podcast. I'm Kara Hansel Keehan. Today we'll discuss a new study by Broughton et al. titled Riding the Wave A Quantitative Report of Electrocardiogram Utilization for Myocardial Infarction Confirmation. This article was published August 3rd, 2022. Joining us today are guest editor Dr. Ganesh Halade, senior author Dr. Christine Deleon Pinnell, and expert Dr. Corey Reynolds. Let's get started. Ganesh? In this methodological paper, Broughton and colleagues described a quantitative method for using an electrocardiogram to determine which animals have infarcts that reflect successful coronary ligation. Using quantitative ECG, investigators will have the benefit of real-time feedback during the procedure that will ultimately decrease the amount of time investigators spend performing surgical experiment. Definitely, the application of this ECG monitoring will help investigators to reduce the animal numbers used due to surgical outcomes, particularly in heart failure study. My obvious question to Christy as a PI and the corresponding author of this study, what was the rationale behind the study when you start this innovative project? Thank you, Ganesh. So we've always used uh, EKGs to confirm MIs in the lab, but what we noticed is it did not always confirm um, that it would meet our threshold of 35% infarct size. So we first started this study because I really just wanted to find a way to streamline the surgeries between the students and the technicians. And we were started getting lots of new members joining into the lab. And so we were going through so many mice because we weren't being consistent in our infarct sizes. And so I wanted to come up with a way that they could be more confident in their surgical procedures and also so that infarct size would be more consistent between the lab members. Follow up to that question, Uh, My next question is, uh, what do you hope that the cardiovascular research community gains from this study? This study really started as an internal project to just help us improve our own surgical success. But then as we started to analyze the data, we were telling, you know, our colleagues here at Medical University of South Carolina, in addition to some of our peers, and we got such a positive reaction that we just, you know, had to to, to publish it. We wanted to share it. And so we really just hope that what we are finding um, and that these different, the data that we uh, have in the paper really just helps improve other labs, their consistency between personnel and also decrease animal numbers. Interesting. That's kind of indicate how this uh, side project becomes a complete nice manuscript for, you know, the rigor and reproducibility. Now I want to get input from Corey at the technical level. Corey is involved in the development of Indus boards for analyzing physiological data in mice. What was the biggest takeaway of this study for you, Corey? Um, yeah, so actually I was I wasn't involved with the development, but this was several years ago. I think they've had a couple of different generations of the boards produced now. The biggest takeaway for me from the project was one, back when I used to do this, we just strictly looked for an elevation of the T wave, and that was kind of a confirmation that we had a successful MI, but the the data and the analysis that they provide in this publication from Christie's team kind of takes it to a whole different level of, you know, maintaining consistency in terms of infarct size. And she mentioned a few times about the reduction of animal numbers and consistency. And that's very important because 
the three R's of research, which are refinement, reduction, replacement are very important to the scientific community overall, but especially to funding agencies. So I think that um, the technique and the descriptions that they provide here are, are, are quite important to people doing this kind of work. Yeah, thank you, but uh, definitely it's going to help for a three R. Christy, do you think uh, you have any outcome of the study you wanna add? Sure. I think one thing that Corey mentioned is in the past, we always just looked at the elevation of the of the T wave, right? And so I think one thing that we were a little bit surprised about when we were initially analyzing the data is that that loss of the um, R to T amplitude or R to S amplitude is what we call it in the in the paper was not as significant as the area under the QRS complex. So it's kind of funny how we initially just thought, you know, that loss in amplitude because of the elevation of the T wave, like that was it. That was going to be our end all. That was going to be quantitative enough to, to help us be more consistent. And then it ended up not being as consistent as we had originally hoped. It's still a good way to, to visually look and confirm MI for sure. But when we started looking at quantitating it, looking at it at a bigger picture and really looking at the EKG and what is changing, I think we need to be a little bit more detailed on that. And I think that was something that was a little bit surprising for us. Right. I think the quantitative is the key. That's what the funding agency is looking for. Corey, what do you think of this current version in comparison to the old methods? What's your thought? Prior to them being able to utilize these, these ECG boards, and the mouse monitor system that they use for their project. Um, back when I was a graduate student and first learning how to do MIs in the lab, which is very difficult, mind you. You're essentially you know, trying to tie off a vessel while the mouse's heart is beating around four to 500 beats per minute. So it, it takes some very skilled hands to do this. Let me point that out first. But um, the method that we used many moons ago to you know, make sure that we actually ligated the LAD was that once you tied it off, you would see a change in the tissue color below the knot. So it would kind of turn a whitish color. And that was, you know, that was kind of good enough for us at that time, but we had no way to quantify what we were doing or actually monitor it for any type of consistency. So then this mouse monitor board came along and allowed for, as we mentioned, the elevation of the T-wave. But again, Christie's group has taken it, you know, two or three steps beyond that. And now they're, they're looking at the areas under the curve and all this kind of stuff to, to actually get really consistent measurements in terms of the size of the infarct that they're generating. So um, in my opinion, you know, they, they've taken what has been done in the past up by leaps and bounds. So I, I look forward to seeing one, how her lab in particular, you know, continues to progress with this. But as far as, you know, as other people that read this publication, how they're able to take this back to their own labs and, and take it from there. Thank you, Corey. Um, I appreciate all of that uh, wonderful um, enthusiasm on, on our, our new technique. I love that you talked a little bit about the increase in the ST wave and the changes in the LV uh, color and how that has been kind of the standard for so long for confirming MI. And um, for us, it wasn't quite making the mark and we were a little surprised we were trying to quantify the EKGs that the ST elevation, which is a very standard technique for confirming MIs, was not as quantitative for confirming the infarcts um, greater than 35% in our animal surgeries. So we started looking at the other parameters and found that the area under the QRS curve 
seem to be stronger for predicting our uh, successful MI surgeries. Um, so I guess, you know, for us, it was really looking at the EKGs in a more detailed manner in order to ensure that we were getting the uh, ligations that we want so that we can reduce numbers and be a lot more consistent within the lab. Uh, thank you, Christy and Corey. That's a great. Based on this brief discussion and input, I believe this method has a high impact on improving the rigor and reproducibility. Uh, that's what the funding agency is looking for. So this brief discussion with Christy and Corey, I will pass on to Carol. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AJP Heart and Cirque podcast. Our theme music was written and performed by Ray Mitchell. Catch the latest episodes of our podcast at physiology.org slash journal slash AJP Heart.